Welcome to the Satellite Gaming Podcast. I'm Dylan, and with me is Jamie. And today we're going to talk about how games are chosen for tournaments at satellite gaming events. So, how's it going, Jamie? Good, brother. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Good. So, uh, what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, you know the answer to that is most definitely Into the Breach. Oh my goodness. That's thanks to you, too. <laughs> yeah, so Into the Breach is a game that came out on PC earlier this year, and then just last week came to the Nintendo Switch. Will you, would you tell us what it's about? Like, What's it like? Yeah, it's of the roguelike genre, I suppose. It uh, You play through it, and you... Uh, you die really quickly. <laughs> and when you die, you have a few different pilots you choose from that get taken. Then you get to take one of them back in time and start over, right? So it's it's roguelike in the sense that, like, yeah, once you're done, you're done. But there's a little bit that can carry over with you between timelines. But uh, that's kind of the the lore bit of it. But it's basically a, uh, a strategy, tactile, um, tile-based game where you have awesome mechs, robots, and you kill nasty bugs that crawl out of the ground. It's pretty sweet. They're trying to take over the world, and you're trying to stop them. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've played probably not even as much as you back when it came out on PC. It's pretty cool. I just don't play games casually like alone on my PC very often, so I didn't play very much of it. But it's really cool. You're just like... The plot of the game is that uh, you're in a distant future where uh, these giant space bugs are invading um, the planet, and uh, there's limited resources for humans to go on surviving. So there's this like strike force um, of mech pilots that are trying to destroy these bugs and save the planet. Um, but if you fail uh, and the bugs attack the power sources and uh, people cannot continue, you have just enough energy to send one pilot back. And uh, so it's a strategy game around like moving. What's what's cool about the time travel mechanics is, is it explains how you're able to know what the bugs are going to do next. And yeah. um, it also allows you to like make one mistake that you can rewind, which is cool. Yeah. I feel like they don't just do time travel in this game for the sake of having time travel. I feel like the entire game just revolves around this concept of you being like this awesome team of mech pilots that can travel through time and know certain things that other people don't know. Like you were saying, you can know what they're going to do. It literally shows you like, hey, this this little weird bug thing is going to shoot this building if you don't do something about it. And then it makes you feel dumber when like it actually kills you because you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's kind of insulting. But I love it. What about you? What have you been playing? Uh, I've mostly been playing a bunch of Rainbow Six Siege, which is kind of oh, an old nice. game at this point. It's like three years old. We're in year three, I guess, is what the um, like season that we're in. Um, and it's a it's a tactical first person shooter game. Um, so very similar to Counter Strike in that it's like very it's a one v one. You're a team of five, and you're trying to complete an objective, which is different than a lot of other games in that you're um like first person shooters you're normally is like a team deathmatch where you're just most first to the most kills but this is like five rounds maximum first to three uh and there's an objective like counter-strike where you're trying to save a hostage or um or control a point um yeah, and that uh and so it's like it's one one team is attacking one is defending 
that's sweet. And there, there are like a bunch of different like game modes, like some that are more about protecting people. Some are more about blowing stuff up. Am I right? Or is it? No, just- no, it's, it's the, the only difference is the objective. So sometimes you're trying to uh, like um, defuse a bomb. Sometimes you're trying to just control the point, which is like, I don't know, some, it's a MacGuffin. Who cares? So uh, it's just a thing you're trying to. Be- you're protecting no, well, the bomb. You're stopping the bomb. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's a defender or an attacker. Typically, the the implication is that one is like some sort of terrorist cell, and then the other is like the anti-terrorists trying to stop them. Um, so either they have a bomb, or they have some sort of you know weapons cache, or I don't know, or a, or a hostage. And um, what makes this different from Counter Strike is that uh, instead of just everyone has the same skill set and the same selection of guns it's different in that each character you get to pick a character kind of like a a moba style thing where you pick a character and they have a different set of skills and tools that they can take with them so um there's a guy with a sledgehammer his name is sledge and he can just use it to break down walls really quickly and uh you know he can throw grenades and he's usually got a shotgun or you can be twitch who is also an attacker who has like this little remote, everyone's got remote drones that they scope out the, the level before the match starts. But yeah. Twitch's remote drone has a little shooter on it. So you can use it to either shoot and do a little bit of damage before the round even starts to the opposing team, or you can shoot out cameras or the little defensive items that other, the defenders are putting up. Um, or like there's a defender who is named doc and he can, he has like a little syringe gun with three shots in it and he can either shoot it at himself to heal or shoot it at his teammates to heal, or he can overheal that dwindles until you get to hundred percent again. And so I just won a, a match the other night because I was doc and somebody threw a grenade at me and downed me. And then they didn't know I wasn't dead. So I healed, got up. Ah. And then as they went around the corner, I shot them and won. I love it. Yeah. It's definitely more like of a brainy game than what I'm used to. Like halo Fortnite, just, shoot things and hope that you right this is like you gotta think well yeah it's i'm glad you mentioned rainbow six actually i didn't know you were gonna do that because a little bit of what we're talking about today is gonna be uh referencing some attention that um we may or may not be giving rainbow six as an organization at some point later in the future yeah so what are we talking about today then jamie what are we talking about uh well i want to there's there's a little bit of disclaimer to that because I want to emphasize that what we're talking about is different than the previous episode we had about uh, what makes a good eSport. Um, and, and what we are talking about is basically our process for choosing a tournament for satellite gaming. Like what games are we actually going to have at our events? And the reason I want to give that disclaimer is uh, just because something is a good eSport, uh, a great competitive league, competitive game, uh, you can create a world around it and um, have you know, players you cheer for and such. I do want to say that doesn't always mean that a game is going to be a great one and done tournament, right? Which is what our events are for the most part is you show up, you sign up, you play, you either win or you lose. And then you either win or you don't, right? Like, so the, the idea is, uh, it's not all good esports games make good tournaments, so uh, we have some topics amongst that that we're going to tackle, first of which is how do we choose what games will be played? What is the actual process from a logistical standpoint? And then we're going to give some examples of that a little later. So uh, Dylan, I have a list here. Um, go ahead and 
point out a couple of those that maybe you think about when we're choosing what games we're going to have. Yeah, so this one I think is big for me is um, what games are spectator friendly. Uh, I think of games, we talked a little bit about this in the eSports um, episode about like Smash is pretty pretty universally spectator friendly in that it's pretty quick to understand like, okay, these, this is Mario and he's fighting Link from Zelda and they're just trying to knock each other off the stage. Everything all happens on one screen, easy to watch. Yeah. Uh, as opposed with- to something like Overwatch or Fortnite where everyone's got a different view and so you're trying to jump between like who is doing what and it can be hard to handle. Yeah, just like we talked about with the esports episode, you can't see every perspective. If you guys want to know more about what we're talking about there, listen to that what makes a good esports episode. The reason that's important to us is because we have a lot of gamers there, right, that may understand Overwatch and League of Legends, but our events attract a lot of parents because we do some parental education, we encourage spectating and cheering. So we want to make sure that it's easy to watch. Uh, one of the things on our list that I really really like is uh, the ease of a bracket, meaning can we actually have a tournament with this? And we're going to really unpack this one a bit a little bit later. Uh, a good example would be Smash Bros. Once again, it's like it's just a great game. So we're going to refer to it a lot lately uh, for what we're trying to do anyway. So great game to run a tournament with. You can do best of one, best of three, sometimes even best of five. And it doesn't take a ridiculously long amount of time. But in that short amount of time, it gives you enough to display your skill. Whereas uh, maybe a game like Overwatch, though we still do it, um, it's a little harder to have a, a, a fluid bracket and have a lot of options. One game could take 20 minutes. So that basically makes it to where if we're trying to have a one-and-done tournament, you're going to have a single elimination bracket. Like There's not an option for double elimination, pretty much. Um, that said, an example of a game that we will have but makes it a little harder to run a bracket is, of course, Fortnite. How do you actually run a tournament bracket, right? How do you run a competitive tournament for Fortnite? We'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's something we think about. Let's go ahead and name like one or two more of these things on this list here. Yeah, so um, one that we can just name right off the bat is that um, our kids actually interested in playing it. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the biggest things is like Alien we're not going to have Predator. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's been some kids who've asked for specific games and like like there's this one kid who actually goes to our youth group who um is constantly asking about Halo 3 and we're like no, we're sorry we can't do Halo 3. I would 3. love to. <laughs> as as cool as that would be cuz I really like that game. Uh, it's old and not very many people are interested in it. So that's one of the big ones. Yeah, at one of our summer events, we even set up like 16-player Halo just for people to play like in between games. Uh, It is fact that most students would prefer to watch Fortnite or Smash Bros rather than play 16-player Halo. We've seen that firsthand many times. Yeah. A couple other things we got to think about is, uh, you know, how many, like Dylan said, I guess, will people actually compete with it? Like if they like the game, does that mean they'll actually compete with it? Uh, And then is it friendly for youth? We're a youth organization. You know, we're not going to have guys running around competing how many people they can run over in in Grand Theft Auto. As as funny as you might think that is, we're not going to have that at our tournaments, at our events. Sorry. Uh, Right. Which then, go ahead. So one of the um, one of the ones we do offer, or we are continuing to try to offer, is Overwatch. But it has a couple of of downsides. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about why um, Overwatch is tough for us to do? 
Yeah, I definitely do. This is a very passionate topic of mine. I have a brother who competes uh, for collegiate. He plays for uh, Bellevue University. I just am I'm about ready to order some gear, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but I, I will say, so as much as I love Overwatch, it's hard for us to do uh, two reasons. PC's Master Race, right? Like, PC is just awesome. You have to play Overwatch on PC if you want to be taken serious in the uh, competitive scene. But we have some Xboxes, and we don't have 13 PCs. So do we go back to having 3v3? Well, that's not very good for competitive play. So what do we do? Well, we have to use Xboxes. Brings me to my second reason. Uh, we don't have enough PCs, and we can't use the Xboxes because every time we give an Xbox to a game, like we dedicate an Xbox to, say, Overwatch or Minecraft or to Rocket League even, that's one more Xbox we cannot have on Fortnite. And regardless of how you feel about Fortnite, which most people I think like it or enjoy it to some degree, uh, it's the game that just kids want to play. Youth wants to play. They want to show off their skills. So we've just got to have our consoles dedicated to Fortnite. That being said, uh, our next event is going to have an emphasis on two games and one of them will not be Overwatch. I, I'm kind of bummed to say that, but I'm also saying, don't worry, we're, we're looking at ways to have tournaments to even, even build up, hopefully, an Overwatch League um, between different schools. But this next tournament will feature two specific games. Dylan, go ahead and tell us what those games are. Yeah, so we're going to be focusing on Smash Bros. and Fortnite, uh, which are kind of the two biggest games that we've got going right now. We, we did test over the summer. Um, doing focusing on those two games and it went pretty well uh with our small in-person events we were doing smash bros and Fortnite three times over the summer so one of the questions we get frequently about smash bros is uh are we gonna also have melee uh and no the answer is no jamie do you want to explain why yeah so let me first say uh as with overwatch Every single time we dedicate a console to a game that is not the most popular game, that is one less console we have for the popular game. In this case, prime real estate with Smash Bros, GameCube controllers. Just straight up. You, you Dylan, you know that for sure. You just ordered like a whole bunch of whole bunch of them for us, right? Yeah, uh, there's a box sitting in front next to my front door of eight GameCube controllers. Yeah, and as it is, we I mean, if you think about it, every single console we have, every single device we have, that's going to be two controllers dedicated to that. So what's going to happen is you're going to have at Melee, I, I love Melee, right? But if we had a Melee tournament, you'd have people that have been playing Melee for years that would just destroy everyone. And then you'd have everyone else that's like, yeah, sure, I'll play Smash Bros. Melee. Well, the problem is most of those guys that end up just playing it they're kind of like giggling about it. Like it's for the nostalgia, right? So they're like, oh, I'm competing in Fortnite. I'm competing in Smash Bros for Wii U. Uh, yeah, sure. For kicks and giggles, I'll sign up for Melee. Well, then you have these kids that are just awesome at Melee. Uh, and what will happen is the other kid will either no-show because he's in the middle of his Fortnite match. So he'll the other guy will win by default. Or they just beat up everyone and they end up winning in the finals. So this isn't to say that we'll never have Melee. This isn't to say that we don't like Melee or to say that uh, Melee is not conducive for the culture we're trying to create. We're just simply saying, because of the emphasis we want to have on Smash for Wii U before Ultimate comes out, we really want to capitalize on that, and we want to have every single piece of equipment that we can ready for Smash Bros. for Wii U. That said, 
uh, talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, how we run our Smash Bros tournaments. And you think that, Dylan, what do you think? Do you think this will create opportunities for people to take Smash Bros more serious because we aren't having, you know, 10 different games there at once? What is this going to do to these two games, Smash Bros and Fortnite? Yeah, um, I think that it's going to do a couple of things. Um, first, it's going to uh, require students to focus in on, on the thing they're actually most interested in. Because in the past, we've tried to spread ourselves as thin as possible and have as many games as possible. So there were Minecraft battle mode um, participants. There was That's actually Rocket really League. fun, by the way. It is. All of these things are great, actually. We've had uh, 2K18 or whatever the current year was at the time, a basketball game. We've had Call of Duty, which we're moving away from. Speedrun. Um, we, yeah, we've, we've done a Sonic the Hedgehog speedrun. Um, I love all of these things, but there were kids who would try and do as much as they could. And it would cause conflicts with, you know, students who were in the Call of Duty tournament who were also in the Overwatch tournament or also in the Smash Bros or in all three, they would forfeit some of their matches, which definitely makes it not as much fun because the person who was to go up against, I'm sure they get a free win, but they also were wanting to play the game and practice their skills and and feel good about themselves for, uh, you know, winning for real or, you know, learning something and going well now here's how i need to get better um and so having forfeits all over the place is not conducive to like a a friendly and competitive environment um i also think that those two games are the the standout uh, most popular ones and so um it's going to allow the tournaments to be run more smoothly it's going to allow people to um, focus on spectating also so when you're not playing you can uh, not be concerned that you're watching, you know, all, one of six or seven different games. You're watching one of two. Either you're a Smash Bros. spectator and you're cheering on the guys that you like in Smash Bros. Or you're a, a Fortnite spectator and you're cheering on your your favorite Fortnite team. Um, so, yeah, Fortnite um, is is way different, speaking of, as when I said Fortnite team. Um, how are we doing Fortnite? Because it's not the same. It's not like a one v one or or a three v three or however. It's not a it's not a team versus team environment. How are we doing that? Yes, I love this topic because, as Dylan mentioned earlier, we've had a chance to test this. Um, I've done this with a couple of my buddies just for kicks and giggles on the side, and we've taken what other tournaments have been doing and kind of added a little twist to it. What we're gonna do is we're gonna. Uh, we're going to team up people, you know, I guess, however they want with duos. We're not going to say squads. We're not going to say souls. We're going to say duos. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, every time you get an elimination, your duo team gets one point. Every time you get a win, uh, this doesn't count for both of you. Your team collectively gets five points. So if Dylan and I are in a game of Fortnite and he gets five eliminations, I get three eliminations. That's eight points. Plus we win. That's 13 points for that game. Now, how many games are we going to play? That depends on how many people we get to show up. Our our hope is that every single team will get to play uh, somewhere between three to five games. We feel like because Fortnite is uh, an RNG-based game and you could get into a game with really good players or really bad players, we think that... uh, between three and five games is kind of the sweet spot to demonstrate some consistency or and even overcome some of the RNG obstacles that may arise, like, you know, getting 
crappy gear or uh, having to deal with really good players right away or maybe a, a bad drop. So that said, I'm really excited about Fortnite, but this, this, topic this idea of why don't we have squads came up and the reason we don't do that is uh again we're talking about console real estate or open seats right one of the worst things we can do at our tournaments is have a console that's not being used so if it's just sitting there the screen's there they're in the lobby or they're spectating every single minute that game is sitting there unplayed is like a minute that a student could be playing that game competing showing off their skills um, climbing the ladder whatever so what we're going to do is we're saying duos because if, if in squads if one person gets eliminated or if three people get eliminated and there's one guy left you have the other screen three screens spectating that one guy until he decides to stop hiding in a bush and fight somebody you know what i mean and unfortunately with middle schoolers there is some hiding in bushes <laughs> and that's kind of a strategy right that's that's a legitimate strategy but what we don't want is these three consoles to be unplayed while the one guy's playing, which means duos makes a little more sense. I, I know I kind of dominate that topic there, Dylan, but Fortnite, as you know, is, is something that I, I love. It's from somebody who maybe plays Fortnite a little bit and dabbles with it, uh, and, and me being somebody who just loves it, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's been going smoothly? I do. I I also think uh, I just wanted to call out. You mentioned that there's um, some students who prefer to sit and wait in bushes, yeah, uh, or participants, students, uh, whatever. Um, the uh, way that we're doing this, I, I really like because it incentivizes um, active playing. It incentivizes an enjoyable spectating game. It incentivizes, yeah. um, you know, uh, just a an all around fun game for, for people watching for you playing it, it makes the person who's playing get better quicker. So the reason would be is that we we've got, what was it? Did you even say the point counts for, um, for eliminations and wins? Oh, pardon me. I don't know if I did. It's one point for elimination and then five points for a win. Yeah, I did. Cause I did the whole math thing. Right. So, so well, just to go over that again, um, that means that sitting and waiting and getting no eliminations until the end of the match when you get the one necessary elimination, maybe, to win, isn't as good of a strategy as just pushing hard and making sure you're playing tactically. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that benefits the people who are watching. I think that benefits the player's skill level uh, getting better quicker. Um, I just, I really it gives us more appreciate time. that. Yeah. yeah, it gives us more time. That means that, that students who are incentivized to push harder um, make it out quicker, which is both you know a bummer for them, but also it's better because then the, the we can move things along quicker because uh, the maximum amount of time that a Fortnite match could go is like 20 minutes, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, that means that if you get in and you push hard and then you immediately get out, uh, bummer for you, but also great, we can get another person in to give it another shot. Definitely. And I want to say one more thing, actually kind of ask you one more thing, Dylan, about this next event that we have coming up. We do have a tentative date um, that right now we're hoping it works out, guys. That's actually going to be November 16th. That's going to be the Friday before Thanksgiving break. We'll keep you guys posted on that. But with this event, are we concerned at all with only having two games, although one of them is Fortnite and the other is Smash Bros, the tournament that we've had the most attendance for are, are we concerned about uh, less people being involved with our tournaments with less attendance there? And, uh, or do we think that there's going to be less people? And if there is less people, is that necessarily a bad thing? What do you think, Dylan? 
Uh, that's a great question, and I'm not really sure what to expect on attendance level um, because there are many things we could do to, you know, spread the the message further and, and have more attendance. Um, but I think that if it does, even if it does, what I think it'll allow us as as an organization to do is push some of our our goals a little bit harder. Um, in that we'll be able to say, well, th- our events are about participating in a in a sportsmanlike manner and spectating in a in a, a sportsmanlike manner. So it'll allow us to say, look, we're we're we want you to focus on these games. So students will be able to say, all right, well, Fortnite's free. I can go play that on almost anything and get better at it and bring my skills to the event. Um, and I, I know that I won't have to think, well, oh, but I'm actually better at Call of Duty or actually better at Rocket League. They can just go, all right, Fortnite's what I need to get good at. Um, Smash Bros, there's a couple of other ways that you can get good at it, but that mostly applies to that too. Um, and then it'll also allow us to say, no, really, we're serious. We want you cheering for the people who are playing. We want you to really be an active spectator. That um, Esports, like all sports, are not a one-sided thing. It is not about just playing. It is about also watching and participating in that way. And the community around it. What I also like about what you just said, Dylan, the emphasis with Fortnite also, I mean, dude, honestly, we say Fortnite, we're going to have an extra like hundred, you know, kids just because we said the word Fortnite. So That's I'm not, <laughs> but also um, with this being a game where it's just like, Hey, we want every single team to get in at least three to five matches. That doesn't mean, Hey, only the best players are going to be left at the end. That means for the entire four hours that we're playing, you're, you're playing the whole time right now. You may have to wait, you know, 20 to 30 minutes between games. But uh, what I like about it is we're basically saying, Hey, you don't have to leave once you, if you do poorly right away, right? You're not just out of the game forever. Cause it's a single elimination bracket. You actually get to continue to play throughout the entirety of the event. And when you're not up, you can go watch smash bros. I, I love it. Yeah. So, I think that's really good. So what, uh, moving on real quick, what games are we trying to have in the future? Right now we're focusing Fortnite and smash, but we always want to be looking at stuff uh, for the future, right? Absolutely. So what I would first say is if you guys have any suggestions, uh, let us know what you think. But with all these things consider in consideration, there, there are a couple games that we really, really need to eventually get in the MOBA department. So you have League of Legends, uh, you have Dota, even even Vainglory on phone, right? Like, I love that game, but not enough people play it. So why don't we have Dota or League of Legends going back to PCs? They're just expensive. We don't have them. We're a nonprofit organization. We're charging $5 at the door for people to be here and we're run with all volunteers, right? It's not like we we have resources to just go buy a limited amount of PCs. Also, I don't know how popular league of legends is from a competitive standpoint amongst like youth you know what i mean it's a lot of old guys (laughs) yeah it's really hard to get into which i think is one of the uh, main barriers to entry for especially youth um is that it's got a really high skill cap and the gap between entry and that high skill cap is huge definitely to where you can even start playing against people that have played for even a year if they're bad you still have so much of an advantage against somebody that just picked it up so there's another game on there you mentioned it earlier tell us about uh why you want that game there yeah so we've had a couple of of uh people ask us about rainbow six siege and um 
I would be interested in seeing it there. Um, again, PC is really where um, the bulk of that community shines. Although I do think that it would be possible to do this game on a console. Um, but uh, it's just, I think it's a really good structure of, you know, 5v5. And um, it, it allows, like, criti- it requires critical thinking and Twitch skills in a way that many other games don't. Um, so I'd really be interested in um, ways that we can introduce it in the future yeah i i love that and i haven't actually played it i got to admit that but i know for sure there are uh not only students at the schools in our area that like that game but students that are into esports that play it i ran into a student last week at a football game and he said hey i'm going to be competing in a rainbow six stream uh, tournament tonight check out the stream and, and watch it and i never got a link from him but i'll make sure to get it and uh maybe send it out on the discord or something so the next time he's competing let you guys know but we have students that love that game and take it serious so i would i would like to say this and kind of I think unless Dylan, you have any further thoughts, I have a closing thought if if that's cool with you. No, I go ahead. Um, I've got a couple of things that I might just tack on to the end, but uh, we'll see. Please do. I'll wrap up the topic, the main topic today, and then go ahead and close this out. But what I want to say is everything that we're saying, we want to do our best not to just say, hey, this is the way this should be done. Really, we we spend so much time talking about video games, talking about creating esports events for youth in a way that is that is easy to do with volunteers and borrowed equipment, honestly. Although we're looking to purchase a lot more equipment, a lot of what we use is borrowed. So with all this in mind, I, what I really hope it does is equips you guys to maybe run tournaments of your own, to maybe uh, send us send us you know uh, a message on Facebook, on on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you guys use. Let us know. Uh, jump in our Discord and just tell us, hey, you gotta, you should try this game because it fits all of your criteria. Or you know maybe this game doesn't. It just I hope that this does more than just inform you of what satellite gaming is doing. I, I hope it equips you to be prepared to maybe run some of your own tournaments someday or even help out satellite gaming and making future decisions. Yeah. Um, with that, if you are interested in helping us pursue more equipment or, um, you know, other means of, of um, increasing the stuff we can do, by which I mean donations, um, there will be some links in the show notes for, uh, one, how you can reach out to us in the various different social media um places that we are uh there's also a link if you're listening to this there should be a link in the show notes to um help support us on this podcast specifically um and there will be options on our website in the future for uh, donation so reach out to us if there's a way you want to help out um because like we said there's the, the one of the biggest barriers for a lot of the things that we're saying uh we, this is tough for us is, is simply that we don't have enough resources to make it happen and if we were able to um you know, gain more resources by means of donations, or maybe you have a PC you'd like to donate um, so that we can start running more of these PC-based games. Reach out to us on any of those social media channels, and um, we would love to start a conversation with you. With that, this has been the Satellite Gaming Podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.